0: Hi, I'm Lisa Murray, and I'd like to introduce a new podcast offering from the Australian Financial Review called 15 Minutes with the Boss. It's a weekly podcast in which AFR's boss editor, Sally Patton, sits down with one of the country's top CEOs and asks them to share all the valuable advice and wisdom they've gained during the course of their careers. They'll chat about their successes and failures and everything in between. Here's a little preview of Episode 1 featuring AMP Chief Executive Alexis George. She chats about everything from her favourite podcasts to dealing with conflict and also reveals the best piece of advice she's ever been given. At the end of the preview, just search 15 Minutes with the Boss and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a snippet of the episode. The Australian Financial Review. I was a
1: chartered accountant and went to London with PwC. I got told I was on the partner program and I went home and I thought, I don't want to be on the partner program and I went back the next day and resigned and took nine months off. I had done for the month before was walk and work,
2: walk and work, walk and work. Hi, I'm Sally Patton, editor of BOSS from the Australian Financial Review, and welcome to 15 Minutes with the BOSS, a podcast about success and failure and everything in between and along the way, we're hoping to get some great advice from our leaders. My guest today is Alexis George, the Chief Executive of AMP. Hi, Alexis, how are you? I'm very well today, thank you. Thank you for coming and joining me on a beautiful sunny afternoon and for allowing us to spend 15 minutes with the boss. Now, Alexis, um, as I said, you're the CEO of AMP, mm. which is a financial services company providing superannuation and investment products financial advice and banking products through AMP Bank. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no secret that AMP has had a bit of a tricky patch and some say you have one of the harder jobs in corporate Australia. So I, for one, I'm really looking forward to how you balance all that in terms of both your personal life and your work life. Now, Alexis, we have a lot to get through. Our 15 minutes starts now. So I'm going to start by asking you three questions. My first question is, How do you start your day? What happens before you get to the office?
1: I'm not a routine person naturally, but my routine in the morning is always the same. And it starts typically with a big black Labrador's nose in my face saying, I want to go for a walk. That'll be the alarm clock. That is my alarm clock. If I'm lucky, I get a lick as well. We have two dogs. And so I'm usually out walking by 6am most mornings. And I just love that one hour in the morning when no one bothers me. I'm addicted to podcasts. So I listen to podcasts, walk the dogs, and just have time to think about the day. What do you generally listen
2: to in the morning?
1: I listen to a whole range of things because, you know, if I'm trying to learn about something new, like now it's AI, I'm completely addicted to trying to learn about generative AI, which everyone at work hates. But I always come back to conversations because I am just fascinated with what makes people tick and why they do certain things. And I love hearing stories about people. So on the AI front, do you have any recommendations for me? I would absolutely recommend Hard Fork. It talks about how AI can be used and it's people who are nerdish, I suppose, in terms of technology. So they're playing around with the latest and greatest and coming back with what it did and what it didn't do and what we should be scared of and what we shouldn't be. And there's one there, I think it's called Valentine or something like that, where the generative AI falls in love with the reporter. It is
2: fascinating. Sounds like I should add that to my listening list. Definitely. So after your walk, do you have breakfast? Are you a breakfast person? I am not.
1: I'm a black coffee person, but honestly, I'm pretty no fuss. I come back from my walk, have a shower, as dressed as quickly as I can. My hair is this short, so I don't have to do anything with it get in whatever transport, get to work, big black coffee, that's breakfast.
2: Wow. And then nothing until lunchtime? No. Incredible. I would starve
1: <laughs> if that were me. <laughs> I think that's the best thing for me, Sally. <laughs> I'm a
2: lover of food. So I think
1: if I don't eat till lunchtime, that's a good thing. Yeah, fair enough. So
2: my next question is, tell me about a moment in your career that was a pivotal moment that changed the trajectory of your career in some way or helped to shape you as a leader. Look, there's,
1: one that sticks in my mind more than anything else. And I kind of try to live this every day of my life. And I was a chartered accountant and went to London with PwC. I was a senior manager there. I got told I was on the partner program and I went home and I thought, oh, I don't want to be on the partner program. And I went back the next day and resigned and took nine months off and travelled around South America. And that was great, but then I came back to Australia and it was in a recession period and I had to start this job whereby I was a bank reconciliation clerk, right? So I've gone from senior manager in House to a bank reconciliation clerk. I was very upset with myself, but I had no money and nowhere to live. And the best piece of advice I've ever got from one of my closest friends to this day is you have two choices here, Alexis. You become the best bank reconciliation clerk you can be or you get out because you're going to destroy your career. And I became the best bank reconciliation clerk I ever could be. And what I learned from that, like, always do the best you can. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, get out because this is one small place and it will start to affect your future career. So
2: were you a bit shocked when you first heard that piece of advice? Yeah, I was actually.
1: I was feeling, woe is me you know, what have I done? She should have sympathy for me, but she didn't. She just gave me straight between the eyes, get over it, girl,
2: or get out. So do you use that in your job now? Do you have sort of tasks that you've got to do which you think, really, I've got to do this? I'm a CEO. I shouldn't have to do this. Actually, I'm really honest,
1: I don't because I think if I'm prepared to ask someone else to do it, occasionally i have to do things I don't like to do either. And for me, it's really important to be humble
2: right? And to treat everybody the same. That is great advice about treating everybody the same. Okay, Alexis. So my next question is, how do you make tough decisions or manage conflict? For me, dealing with it quickly is the best thing.
1: I have learned if I don't deal with it quickly, it becomes something it wasn't and it builds up to something that it doesn't need to. So for me, if I feel there's conflict, I will deal with it. I forget about it 10 minutes later, so that's not always a good thing because I know other people don't. I'm very conscious of that. But I think it's best to just face into conflict. And when it comes to difficult decisions, I think I'm really rational, so I'm going to make difficult decisions based on data rather than emotion. They're not always pleasant decisions. I accept that, but I'm going to do the best I can in imparting that decision. And what types of decisions do you find are the most difficult to make? I think it's always when it comes to people. They're never easy decisions, uh, whether it's performance issue or just a fact that the organisation's changing and people's roles change. They're
2: never easy because everyone reacts in a different way. And I think it's really important to think about that. And is there a secret to be critical about someone's performance and how you deliver that message and try and get them to work better?
1: Yeah, I think if people understand that you're doing it in their best interest and not to one-up them, it makes a difference. And I think also dealing with it at the point, not six months later when you sit down and have a formal review, that is not effective in my mind. Making sure they're aware that you're only just doing this to help them, I'm not going to tell anyone else about it, I'm trying to help you with your performance, I think is really important.
2: Mm, I like that. That's good advice. Okay, on that note, Alexis, stay where you are. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to open the chatterbox. Outline. Welcome back. I'm here with Alexis George, the CEO of AMP. And now, Alexis, we are going to open the chatterbox. You, look you, scary. you will see in front of you a um, lovely looking brown box mm-hmm. inside which are 20 questions all printed on little bits of paper wrapped up. I would like to ask you to pick out a few of those questions one by one, hand them to me, and of course I will then ask you to answer them. So would you like to start foraging in the chatterbox? Right. Just what you always wanted it's like to do. a lucky dip. Ah, this is a subject that I think you might quite like. What do you think of ChatGPT and what does it mean for your business?
1: Well, you're right. I think generative AI will fundamentally change many parts of our society and absolutely the workforce and the way we go about things. And in financial services, I think it'll impact things from advice to the way we interact with customers and really everything. And so we're spending quite a bit of time now thinking about how we can interact better
2: with our customers using the various tools that are available. So do you think that many jobs will change substantially as a result of it because you'll have this whole new source that you can use? I absolutely do.
1: I mean, with ChatGPT, it's a a language, right? So you can create things. I don't know if you've had a play with it, but I had to go to a 50th birthday party recently and had to do the speech, so I asked it to write me the speech. I edited it, of course, but it wasn't too bad. And so I think it really will change quite a lot of positions, to be honest, in the work we do and get rid of a lot of that mundane work and allow us to focus more on the value-add work.
2: So do you think that for society as a whole we will need fewer white-collar jobs because ChatGPT will be able to do a lot of that grunt work for us?
1: I don't know the answer to that because if you look over history, we've had many technological advances and we still have the same or more people in the workforce just doing slightly different things. And I think as humans we're very, very smart. So I definitely think it will augment the work that humans do. Will it completely replace it? I'm not so sure about that yet.
2: And do you think it'll allow more Australians to get affordable financial advice? I do. I, I
1: honestly feel that's a place where generative AI can help. And you know, if you can create even avatars and things that will talk in the same way the customer talks, imagine the power of that. Because, you know, you can it's about images now, avatars, etc., etc. So I think things are changing at a rapid rate. Is that going to be next year? I don't think so. But will it be in three to five years? Possibly, yes.
2: Yeah, okay. All right, that's great. Um, do you want to have a little forage in the box? Oh, have something. Okay. This is a bit we... scary, Sally. Nothing like a bit of danger in a podcast, I always say. Oh, this is a good one. In fact, one of my favourites. What's the hardest thing about leadership?
0: We hope you enjoyed our preview of 15 Minutes with the Boss. If you liked what you heard and want to hear the rest of the show, just search 15 Minutes with the Boss and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. The Australian Financial Review.